0: Go ahead and take the speed up your number one now, runway like two seven three, land,
1: green dot. Welcome nice Nash got guys. Hello and welcome to the Green Dot, EAA's podcast for anyone and everyone who loves aviation. The Green Dot is sponsored by GE Aviation. I'm your host, Tom Charpentier, Government Relations Director at EAA. I apologize, you're going to be uh, stuck with me on this episode, our, uh, our normal uh, hosts, uh, neither uh, uh, Hal nor uh, Chris are here, but I uh, uh, brought with me from my, uh, my, my day job here at EAA.
2: Lily Johnson, Government Advocacy Specialist. I work with Tom on the government team, um, and I also lead our efforts on the Founders Innovation Prize.
1: And Lily, that's good because uh, we're here with uh, Ethan Brodsky, uh, who won the Founders Prize uh, this this year, the Founders Innovation Prize for um, uh, innovations in in loss of, in in technological solutions to mitigate loss of control. Ethan, welcome.
0: Hey, thanks for having me on.
1: So, um, before we get into the uh, kind of the the solution that you came up with this year for uh, for the Founders uh, Innovation Prize. Um, you are a a, a very uh, active uh, EA member and uh, and chapter member. Actually, we're both members of uh, Chapter ninety three uh, down in uh, the the Madison, Wisconsin area. Um, but how did you first get involved with aviation? Uh, when did your your path in aviation start?
0: You know, it's hard to even remember. I've I've been into flying as long as I can remember. Um, nobody in my family was pilots, but I remember watching Top Gun when I was six years old, right when it came out. Um, and going to EAA, maybe seven or eight was the first time I went, and I've, I've liked planes forever. I, when I was a kid, I, I, one of my favorite computer games was Microsoft Flight Simulator. Um, I built and flew radio-controlled airplanes as a teenager. Just, I've always been into flying airplanes.
1: That sounds a lot like um, a lot like the rest of us. You know, I was I I was super into flight sim as a kid. Uh, uh, Hal Bryan, actually, our, um, our, our one of our, our hosts on the podcast, uh, his voice is one of the ATC voices um, in uh, Flight Simulator from from 2002 on. Um, so it's a uh, uh, yeah, it's it, it, it's something a lot of us have in common.
0: Yeah, and for for me, it was a Flight Simulator four. I don't remember what year that one came out, but it was uh, polygon graphics and. Definitely, definitely no voice.
1: Yeah, was that the uh, was that the wireframe one? Did that have the create an airplane uh, mode yep, in so it? So that,
0: that was the one after the wireframe one. Three oh. was the wireframe one. Four was the first one that had color color graphics. And uh, it, yeah, there was uh, there was a bunch of cool scenery. There was aircraft and scenery designer, and there was the aircraft and adventure factory, which I had both of. And I I made scenery for the Madison Airport and a 737. With the Aircraft Adventure Factory, which uh, I don't get email about them anymore. But it was like even five, ten years ago, I was still occasionally getting an email about these things that I had made in the early '90s.
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember the um, some of the some of the very early mods for uh, for flight simulator. You know, back when they were like, uh, I don't know, um, 700 kilobyte zip files. You know, you download on your dial-up connection over the course of a of, a, of an hour or so.
0: Yep, <laughs> that was that was that was my that was my very geeky life as a uh, as a teenager.
1: All right, well, uh, two uh, two flight simulator geeks aside, uh, that's not what the episode's about. Um, the uh, so your, um can you talk a little bit about um, what your solution was uh, for the um, for the Founder's Innovation Prize uh, this year. So
0: my innovation is called the it's called the Buzzball, and it is a coordination aid, and. The, the insight behind it was that when there's a lot going on in the cockpit, when you're maneuvering in the pattern, when um, when you're busy maneuvering at low altitude, you want to be looking outside and you also want to stay coordinated. And the visual system is very, very busy when you're flying. And anyway, you can offload some of the tasks onto the visual system and, and do and provide information with other senses is useful. So the buzz ball consists of a seat cushion that's got two little vibrating buzzers in them. And they're, they're just like the buzzers. They actually are the buzzers that are used in the lane departure warning system in a lot of cars that you can buy now. And the system has a little computer and it sen- effectively senses the position of the ball and then buzzes one of the two other buzzers in the seat cushion. And basically instead of looking at the turn coordinator and stepping on the ball, you feel the feel the buzz ball and step on the ball so it's it's very intuitive and quick to quick to get used to to react to
1: cool um and before we get a little bit into how the process worked this year i wanted to ask um lily can you can you talk a little bit about how the founders innovation prize works uh and um and kind of how how we step through selecting uh candidates for it
2: sure so the founders innovation prize is open to eaa members um anybody can enter You just have to have an idea to solve loss of control. Um, So EA members submit a 40-page kind of submission description of their idea. Um, They can also submit PowerPoint slides, videos, any of that kind of stuff. We get prototypes. Um, And then we have a panel of five judges that choose out of the ideas that we get. Um, They pick five finalists, and they can also pick two honorable mentions. Um, and then those five finalists come to AirVenture, and on Tuesday night during AirVenture every year we have the Founders Innovation Prize event, um, where we pull the five finalists up on stage, um, and they present their ideas in front of the judges and an audience, and then the judges go back in the middle of the event and choose the top three out of those finalists. Um, and. The finalists, the top three, are awarded twenty-five thousand, ten thousand, and five thousand dollar prizes.
1: And Lily, we um, the 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 judges kind of um, get together and and uh, select the ones that they feel are best for the uh, f- for the final competition. Um. Uh, sometime before Air Venture, right?
2: Yeah, so we usually have a call with all of the judges on like a Sunday sometime in early July where the judges just sit down for four hours and go through each individual entry um, and kind of go through the process of deciding which ones have the most most merit for the competition and fit the criteria the best.
1: And who are the judges this year?
2: This year, um, our lead judge is Charlie Precourt, former shuttle commander. Um, We also had um, Dave Morse, Greg Fife, Dick Van Grunsman, and uh, Pat Anderson. Um, and those kind of are judges.
1: And those kind of represented uh, you know, different parts of aviation. Dave is a, uh, is a very accomplished test pilot. Um, obviously, everybody at EAA should know who Dick Van Grunsman is. Uh, right. And uh, I think what well, Greg was um, the former was he the NTSB chair at one time?
2: Uh, no, just an investigator. But he, he's worked on some very big, high-profile investigations. OK,
1: yeah, that's right. Um, and then um, and then Pat is from uh, academia, uh, Embry-Riddle, right? Right,
2: yeah. Pat's the director of the Eagle Flight Research Center, at Embry-Riddle, and a professor. Um, so we, we have a very wide range of expertise on our judging panel. Um, and they, they've all been really great. We've had the same panel for the past two years. Um, and a few different judges, but for the most part, it's been the same judges for the whole competition, and they're they're a great group, um, definitely experts in their in their field.
1: And well, um, Lily, you and I don't really have any any bearing over uh, who gets selected. We've seen um, many, many very interesting um, ideas be submitted. Everything from some very, very complex. Um, Almost like fly-by-wire type uh, scenario or um, systems, we've seen training um, curricula solutions be uh, be submitted. Um, we've seen heads-up displays and all kinds of things. And um, one of the things that um, you know, again, we don't really have um, any bearing over uh, over who gets selected. But um, but one thing I liked about Ethan's um, proposal was just how how simple it is. It's really kind of just taking the the seat of the pants aspect of, of stick and rudder flying and, and essentially amplifying it was that kind of uh, your idea Ethan when you were uh, when you were coming up with it yeah I
0: mean everyone always talked about how you're supposed to feel the uh, be able to feel the feel the ball feel the coordination <laughs> through your butt in the seat and I, so so far I haven't gotten there yet so I, I keep hoping that happens but uh, I thought hey that's where that's where you that's where eventually you want to To be feeling this, that's the feedback system that your body you're supposed to be training your body to use to uh, to um, to stay coordinated. So, uh, so why don't I use that sense to to provide additional feedback?
1: Yeah, the old veteran pilots who are listening will probably roll their eyes, but I, I don't. I don't really feel that either. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be flying along and everything feels great, and then I look at the ball and I'm a little bit off. Um, it's uh, is is that kind of the same thing? Uh, same I, thing for you?
0: I keep hoping, but uh, yeah. haven't gotten there yet.
1: So, how did you come up with the name Buzzball? Um, you know, I don't know if
0: it was if it was my idea or one of my friends' ideas, but. Um, I mean, it's it's the ball, it's the turn coordinator, and it's the and it buzzes. So that's the uh, that's the good explanation for for this.
1: Fair enough. And we talked about uh, how how it kind of works as far as the lane departure um, assist buzzers go. Um, can you talk a little bit about some of the other uh, what what else is involved with it? Is it a is it a self-contained unit? Does it does it interface with the airplane in any way? Uh, how does it work? So the
0: first, the, the, the version that I have right now, and there's lots of other ways this could be built, but the the, the prototype that I built is entirely self-contained, except that it needs 12-volt power. So it, it's got a cigarette lighter plug, and I plug it into, into, into my panel, um, although I keep telling myself I'm going to wire a separate outlet in the back, so I don't have to have the cable sitting over my seat. Um, earlier on, I had a battery-powered version that was totally self-contained, but that just got it got annoying to remember to keep the battery charged. So there's a little, there's a little plastic box. Um, it's not, it's not so little anymore. It's maybe the size of, uh, I don't know. The, the original prototype was the size of a deck, was the size of a deck of cards, like two decks of cards stacked. Literally the, the current one is I'm trying to think of a good, um, a good example, but, uh, I don't know. The current, the current one's maybe, maybe like a six inch, six inch box or so. Um, and that inside of that is, um, the computer, the accelerometer, and that's just got a single wire then that goes to the seat cushion. Um, the seat cushion is basically just like an over a foam overlay that you put on top of your on top of the seat cushion in the airplane. So there's there's nothing really to install. Um, in my plane, I I have a wooden cargo deck floor, so I just I held it down with a with four screws. But I mean, it could be held onto a bar with a clamp. It could be uh, could be attached in a lot of other ways. And really, my the the vision. More, right, more than the prototype was that a lot of airplanes nowadays already have air data computer systems and accelerometers built into their their glass panel. Whether they've got um, a Garmin system or Dynon or whatever, they've all got the information available to 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 drive the system. And so, really, all it would need would be two digital outputs or uh, motor drivers or whatever from from that computer to go to. A single wire going to the seat cushion, and that would um, that would really be a very lightweight way to build something like this without having to install anything extra in the airplane. So that's what I'd like to see uh, like to see somebody build to try it out with.
1: Yeah, and one of the things that's uh, nice about your solution is that it it really there's no installed equipment um, or there's no mandatory installed equipment. So um, you know I. I being involved in regulations uh, you know for a living here at EAA, i don't think the faa would consider this to be a- anything that is uh, i think the faa would consider this to be portable um and therefore usable by pretty much anyone yep that was my intent
0: yeah. that, that it would be something that you could put in a certified airplane I and mean, my plane's experimental but something you could stick in a certified airplane without installing anything
1: yeah uh, and i i don't think we actually asked this what what do you fly
0: uh, my plane's called a Wagabond. It's a Waggy oh, yeah. Arrow um, kit. That's a clone of the Piper Vagabond. So it's a short wing, two seat, side by side Piper.
1: Nice, nice. And so, I'm,
0: also, I'm, I'm also building a Sea Ray amphibian, although that's uh, that's going slowly.
1: Well, it, that's a very, very sweet airplane. The uh, the Sea Ray. I've 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 thought thought a lot about uh a uh, something like that too.
2: So, Ethan, you first entered the Founders Innovation Prize back in 2016 um, and were selected as a finalist in... um, 2017. 2017, okay. (laughs) Um, 2017, you took fourth place. Um, You got feedback from the judges. Um, What what was that experience like, and was that experience helpful for you moving forward um, into 2019? When you were chosen as the winner...
0: It was a it was a really great experience it was definitely very helpful i've been i've been part for a long time with all sorts of I'll, I'll call them like student student vehicle competitions like automotive competitions versus a student and then as an advisor and like one of the things i've always liked about them is the say like the camaraderie between like the various contestants right you're all you're all there to beat each other but also like you're all there to to build something cool and to have fun and like it's the, it's the same goal so like i just remember being backstage um during the event and we were we were all sitting in the green room waiting to go on and like chatting about our ideas and about flying and it was just like every, everyone back there was a great group and then to get up there the judges were such a such a talented group with so much experience in aviation and they had it they had some very good specific questions that influenced, um, iterations to design for, for, for the next years. And also, um, just like, let, let me think about, um, how to present it and how to, um, how to make it better.
1: Yeah. Um, (laughs) what, what improvements did you make from, uh, in the last two years from, from when you, uh, from, from when you were, um, selected?
0: So there were, there was, there was a ton of changes, um, only some of them were improvements and so actually 2018 when i wasn't a finalist i i I would say that was the big year in which i made a ton of improvements so 2017 i took all of the the all the advice from the judges i went and watched the videos of the presentations again i looked at everything about all the other winners and i pretty much completely revamped it i changed um i changed the main computer i changed the board that i was using for the um on the inertial measurement unit, I changed my motor driver board, I added a data logger, um, and then I went and flew it a ton, and I collected a whole bunch of data, and then I also um, I also added a, what I'll call spin mode, which was in response to a comment from one of the judges in 2017 that, hey, the, the, the turn coordinator can give you, or the the, the turn coordinator can give you erroneous." Imp- bad guidance when you're in a spin and it would be bad to have this system also go and repeat that until you do the wrong thing so i I added a yaw rate sensor and it senses when the aircraft is spinning and then it goes and switches out of the normal mode and instead of continuously pulsing on the side that you need would need to to stay coordinated it it intermittently pulses um like on the side the the, the rudder you would need to recover from the spin so i put all that in there i flew it a ton Took took a bunch of data logs, analyzed the data logs, and then decided decided I didn't actually like how the new inertial measurement uh, unit board that I'd that I'd put in. I didn't like how it worked. It had some issues with calibration and noise immunity, and it was harder to filter. So I ended up putting back in the old IMU board, although I also kept the new one as well um, because it provided a lot more information, both for the spin mode and for doing um, for doing analysis of the data later on. Um, so I kind of turned it into more of a, instead of just being a prototype, it was also a prototype and like a research tool to try to understand the sensors and, and the aircraft dynamics a little bit better. And then I also made a box for it. The, the first prototype was basically a stack of little boards that was screwed to the screwed down to the actually the first one was duct taped down to the floor of my plane the first time I flew it. So I made a nice box um, with mounting mounting tabs and such that I could take it out and put it back in again and. Get it put it in a consistent way, so I didn't have to worry about doing calibration. Also, I thought so it'd be easier to put into another another airplanes later. So, so I did all that. I wasn't a finalist in 2018, um, but then in 2019, that was that gave me a lot more time to think about what the data meant and what I wanted to to modify um, and to work on the presentation materials for it.
1: Well, I think a project like yours was exactly what we had in mind when, um, when we, you know, we launched the Founders Prize um, quite a while ago. Actually, at this point, I think this was what our twenty nineteen was our fifth year. Lily, was that right?
2: Uh, the fourth year. Fourth year. Twenty twenty okay. will be the fifth year.
1: Twenty twenty. Okay. Um, can you talk, Lily? We we touched on it a little bit, but can you talk a little bit about the um uh, the the mission of the Founders Innovation Prize and kind of why we. Uh, why we've put so much um, behind it in the last in the last few years?
2: Yeah. So the mission of Founders Innovation Prize is safety. Um, the goal is to reduce loss of control accidents, specifically in um, experimental amateur-built aircraft. Um, but the goal overall is to expand beyond that um, to, I guess, impact the entire aviation community. Um, so, the like Tom said earlier, we accept. Technology training, any of that kind of stuff um, that works towards the goal of reducing loss of co- in-flight loss of control, um, and I believe the the specific goals that we had was a fifty percent reduction in ten years of loss of control accidents.
1: And the um, and the idea uh, kind of was to was to come up with something that was um, a Adaptable to a wide variety of aircraft, right? Both aircraft that are being built and aircraft that have been built, um, and also something that could be uh, rapidly deployed, right? Right. Um, can you talk at all about uh, the what we're looking at for 2020 right now?
2: Yeah. So the as. As Tom said, or as we both said earlier, the 2020 will be the fifth year of the competition. Um, So we decided to turn it into kind of a a wrap up for the past four years of the competition, Um, and it'll be our grand championship. So the only people that will qualify for 2020 will be finalists and honorable mentions from previous years. Um, So there'll be a bigger prize. Um, The prize, I believe, is $50,000. Um, and it'll be focused on the entries that we've gotten in past years, so the the previous four years' finalists and honorable mentions, the most successful entries. Um, the judges really want to see a lot of development in those ideas since the time when they were they were initially entered into the competition.
1: Yeah, and and the um, it, it will be a really good wrap up for the um, for, for the last. You know, kind of the first iteration of this uh, of this this competition. Kind of the idea um, way back when we were first talking about it was was yeah the, that there were a lot of ways that we could reduce loss of control. Um, you know, there's all sorts of safety campaigns we can do. We can change the way that people um, are, are are trained. That you know how flight reviews are conducted, things like that. But we wanted to not only um, consider those ideas, but also, um, you know, was there some kind of a, a piece of technology uh, or an invention that kind of changes the way that we fly? So you are a little uh, little richer now, uh, taxes aside. Um, how are you? Um, how, how how are you applying the uh, the the award to um, further develop the uh, the buzzball?
0: So so I basically spent the, the last few months in CAA trying to catch up on every other aspect of life that I that I let drop uh, while working on this and other things so my my hope I actually haven't taken the money yet, although I'm turning in the paperwork uh, in the next week or two to finally get the check um, I want to I mean I've, I've been flying and it's been in my plane since then I have a, I have a friend who wants to build one and stick it stick it in his 172 um, over this winter I want to get I had, I had grand plans for building a whole bunch of them, putting in, a, putting them in a bunch of varied planes, and trying to do like a very good, a very good scientific study with a statistical met- methodology, to like to see whether it yielded temporary and permanent gains in performance, both the new pilots and experienced pilots. But it's just that's a it's a big project, and will probably take longer than uh than there is before uh, the time left before the 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 deadline for this coming year, but I'd like to work on that. I'd I'd love to have other people interested in, in working on it as well. If anyone If anyone wants to build a prototype, I'm or to build another one, I'm very happy to help them. I I tried to put all of the, the materials and all the instructions in the um in my the document uh, that I submitted, and uh, all the source code is available for for free up on Bitbucket. So so I've I've been working on that uh, a little bit. But not as much as I would have liked.
1: Now, are the um, do you have an idea yet of how you'd want to uh, distribute um, Buzzball? Um, you know, when the when the final product is complete.
0: Yeah, honestly, I just I just want to give away the concepts. Like, I, I do engineering for, for my real job, and uh, I've done like product development and prototype stuff before, and it's it's a lot of work, and I like I like the prototyping part of it. A lot more so i would love for um i would love for p for a garment or a dynon to go to to send me an email and say hey we want to put the, add this functionality to our to our experimental um um pfd so that anyone who wants to to put it in their experimental plane can do it i didn't patent it um uh, anyone who wants and even if i did anyone who was associated with eaa can still still has a right to use it according to the terms of the competition so i'd like i'd like to build it out more into a into an open source kind of thing that anyone can um can make their own one or maybe somebody else can can improve on it like that's i don't know i don't i don't look at it as being like an end just a single product that like it's done it's just it's more to me of like a concept of we that we should be conveying information to pilots using more than just things they can see on the see on the panel and beeps beeps and sounds that we should be conveying information through touch and that uh, that should be a part of um, the interface in all airplanes
1: do you think there's uh, any other opportunities for for haptic feedback uh, in the cockpit other than this
0: i think yeah i think there's a ton and uh, i mean one of the I won't say inspiration because I only learned about it um, after I'd gotten started on this. But if you look back, there's a ton of really good um, NASA and before that NACA. There's a ton of really good studies about how to communicate um, how to communicate information to pilots. And there was I'm trying to look through my slides right now and find if I had a uh, if I had a summary of it. But they looked basically at different ways of doing stall warnings and they put, um, I think it was a study back in 1970s, and they put pilots in a simulator and tried to, dis- like they experienced pilots and they tried to distract them into getting into stall situations. And then they looked at how, um, which, which different systems were noticed um, by the pilots when there actually was a stall warning. And if you go back that far, air- a lot of aircraft, if they even had stall warnings, it was a, just a single light that came up on the panel and, um, so I'm rambling a little bit because I still haven't found that slide yet. But, yeah. uh, um,
1: well, and I think, I don't so know it if this was, was a
0: single light, so s- it was a single light on yep, the panel and it really didn't work at all. Like people would not, um, people would not, uh, a very large percentage of the pilots didn't notice the light at all. And then they also, they also tried, um, um, beepers. Oh, here we go. So they, they anyway, they found out, um, so they found out, so here, yeah, here's, here's, the, here's the paper. It was an FAA experimental and evaluation of improved stall warning systems um, from December 1969. And basically they found out that um, instrument indications on the panel, just like looking at a gauge and trying to make something out of it, that was the worst. Warning lights were a little better. Steady tones were better than that. Interrupted tones, like a beeping were better than that. Voice was better than that. And tactile feedback was the best in trying to um, to get someone's attention when something's happening, they're not expected, and I think that that led somewhat to stick shakers um, as stall warnings, which are I think much better than um, better than the, the beepers that you hear on the panel in a lot of aircraft now.
1: Yeah, and I think I don't know if it was that study or or um, or other ones that were done, but there's there's quite a bit of evidence, uh, at least to my understanding, that um, you know when you're in kind of a tunnel vision type situation, um, it's it's hearing that oftentimes goes out the window first as far as your senses.
0: Yeah, for sure, you definitely get tunnel vision. Here's here's the quote from the paper I wanted. It said. The results show that a stick shaker warning signal is the most effective means of alerting a pilot, 99% effective. Thawed by an interrupted horn, 84% effective. The continuous or steady horn currently used in most aircraft was only 64% effective in alerting a pilot. The results also show that oral signals are least detected when in task or workload requires a high degree of pilot attention. So, I mean, that, that was... 1969 that, that was known, and there's a lot of really really good research that got that got done by um, by government agencies back then to improve aviation safety, and I I like to see it get applied to, <laughs> applied to aircraft.
1: Yeah, well, absolutely, and, and you know with the with some of these newer um, tactile feedback systems uh, now, I mean, and yours is a good example of it where it's not just something shaking alerting you that something's wrong like a stick shaker it's actually nudging you um you know in the right direction and you know hopefully if the pilot uh, interprets that feedback properly um yeah, yeah then you're getting
0: then you're getting to things like stick pushers and those those are more than alerting systems right those are those are correcting systems and there's um there's a lot of value in that although there's also a lot a lot more care has to be done to get those right yeah um
1: I've been involved in some as, we, as we've been saying. I've been involved in some safety committees where you know we've seen pilots doing, you know, extremely unsafe things, and we've uh, we've joked that what we really need is uh, is some kind of an extreme tactile feedback system, you know, that beats the pilot upside the head or something. But so the
0: the very original inspiration for this idea, my, my friend Jake, uh, he's a he's an instructor, um, commercial pilot, airline pilot. Now he bought a Luscombe. Um, out in oregon and he he flew he helped me fly my plane back when i bought it and he invited me to come fly it back with him so i after a bunch of complicated airline flights i met him in montana um, climbed over the climbed over a barbed wire fence at this airport because the gate wasn't open jumped in his plane and we started flying back and right away i mean he's like we took off and he's like oh, you, you fly i've been flying for a while and right away i was just like i felt out of control with the rudder right like my plane pretty closely coupled it doesn't have a lot of yaw inertia so i step on the rudder it does its thing i like take my foot off the rudder and right away it settles down but like this lost it just the tail was wagging back and forth and i'd like rudder one way over rudder back and um and i was very frustrated with myself and like it was probably i think it was a point where i was starting to feel like i had a the hang of flying and was like good at it and then i got in this new plane and wasn't and I, I they were very original inspiration for this. We were talking in the plane. I'm like, man, I should, I should build something that shocks me every single time <laughs> the ball gets out of center, and maybe then, uh, maybe then I would like pay more attention to it. And a few <laughs> minutes later, I'm like, you know, it's not a bad idea. And that, that was the origin of this. It was uh, I think 18 hours. No, nah, it wasn't that long. Eight hours, ten hours in Alaska.
1: Well, I'm glad you, you you dropped it back from a uh, some kind of a uh, electrical impulse system to uh, to just uh, just a a, a gentle uh, uh, vibration. <laughs> um,
0: it seemed more that might, might have better marketing ability. Yeah, <laughs> might be more marketable. <laughs>
1: Uh, so Lily, back over to you. Um, uh, beyond twenty twenty, uh, beyond this year, we're we're looking at some other um, ideas uh, for the uh, Founders Innovation Prize. I don't know if we've settled on anything yet, but um, but we've we've been having the conversations, right?
2: Yeah, we're still deciding. Um, I we've talked about continuing loss of control. We've talked about a design competition. Um, we've thrown around plenty of other ideas. We're still kind of deciding what that's going to look like, um, and whether or not we're going to do another round of four years and then a grand championship the same way, um, and what what the future of Founders Innovation Prize is going to look like.
1: But there's certainly a lot of. Um, I think this has really shown that there is a, a lot of creativity out there in EAA, and anybody who says that, you know, there's uh, there's no there's no innovation left out there in kind of the traditional GA community, uh, is, um, is not necessarily paying attention.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, so Ethan, would you, um, would you, uh, recommend that, uh, that, that other folks, um, uh, when, you know, once we, once we get beyond the grand championship, um, enter the, uh, the founders innovation prize, Are, are you, you think it was a positive experience?
0: Oh yeah. I mean, it was a great experience. It's, um, I mean, I, have talked to tons of other winners, uh, lots of, um, lots of my colleagues who, who got like second or third place, like every, nobody I've ever talked to regrets the time that they spent, um, working on this competition. And like, say just from a financial standpoint, like it's a, it can be a pretty good deal, like to build, to build a prototype and be eligible for, for, uh, this much prize money. Like it's, it's a, it's a, it's there's really good camaraderie, like economically, it's not, it's not, it's not a bad move, and um, and just like also, it just like it feels good to be like part of a community that's trying to make, uh, to make aviation safer. I was like, I remember there was a, there was some discussion. I forgot if it was 2017 or 2019, and like the judges were asking some questions about uh, what, in what improvements in safety I expected to see from this, and how many how many crashes I thought would be prevented. And I mean, I went through, I, I went through the numbers, right. And I'm like, okay, only this, this percentage of, of aviation accidents are stall spin and perhaps this might prevent this percentage of it. Right. And you get down and you say, well, this might, this maybe this thing is going to prevent 2% or 5% or 10%. I don't remember the numbers that, that I came up with. Right. Some small percentage. Right. But then you look at that, you look at that number and that's you multiply it by the number of accidents. Right. And that's every one of those is, is somebody who's, who's being saved by it. So it feels good to, to be part of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I've always had, kind of an adjacent role to the to the founders Innovation prize. I've always been kind of just helping out backstage and and stuff like that during the during the competition. But one thing that's always impressed me and you mentioned it, is just the uh, the camaraderie of the um, uh, of of the competitors. You know, I was always a little worried that there might be a little bit of, you know, uh passive aggressiveness you know uh, a little bit of uh, of kind of uh, uh cutthroat competition and i i i've been very happy that it that it, it hasn't really uh, uh worked no, out that not, way
0: not yeah. not at all i mean we're we're backstage encourage like encouraging each other and telling each other how great their presentations were and suggesting suggesting things to 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 touch on from the people who spoke earlier i'd say like i met um See if I remember all the names. I met Thomas, Justin, and Max. The the mm-hmm. I call them kids because they are in high school then. Who beat me in 2017, and like we're, we're still friends and we talk. I know have through other friends. Um, the who, uh, the guys who won last year, uh, Mike Mike Vaccaro, he was super helpful in giving me advice about uh, the best way to 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 accept the prize money and if I wanted to have, make a nonprofit or do stuff like that. Um, my friend Rudy Moore, who is also in our, our, EA, our same EA chapter, he finished second place, mm-hmm. um, behind me last year, everyone, hope I didn't forget anyone. Nope. Everyone I've talked to like has, who has been part of this competition, um, has been just super nice people, super, super positive, very encouraging. And I, I like, I like. I mean, we all, we're all really busy and like, it's hard to, hard to plan anything, but like, I think there's a lot of promise for starting to mix and match some of the ideas that come out of this and build, build, um, build on, on top of that. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen any negativity at all. It's been it's been very, very great positive.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and Lily under your, um, leadership, I mean, the, the presentation, um, and, and program I think has been great. And it's attracted a lot of people, uh, in our normal, uh, hopefully, it'll be the same next year. Our Tuesday night uh, slot during AirVenture. So, if you're making your plans for AirVenture 2020, and li- you'd like to see the uh, the final showdown or whatever it is we're calling it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that'll be that'll be Tuesday night um, uh, during uh, uh, in theater in the woods.
2: Yep. Yeah. Tuesday night,
1: seven o'clock. So, uh, so mark your calendars. But, um, but Ethan, thank you very much for uh, for sharing your. Um, uh, a little bit more about your, your invention with us. Uh, we hope, uh, we'll see it in the cockpits of a lot of different aircraft soon. I hope to fly with it myself. Uh, uh, when, whenever, uh, uh, I get the opportunity to, um, come down to Madison and, uh, and maybe uh, try it out with you.
0: Yeah. No, any, anytime. let me know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're welcome to try it out.
1: Cool. Um, and, uh, for everybody else out there listening again, um, Keep the feedback coming. Uh, uh, Reviews on uh, iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Um, Feedback can still come to uh, feedback at uh, eaa.org. And until next time, we'll see you when you are cleared to land on the green dot.